Hey, it's Fabian here, Youth Director of Harvest Church, Greensboro, North Carolina. This podcast is for youth, 6th through 12th grade. I hope that as you listen to this podcast, that you are encouraged and have a change of heart. So take some notes and lock in. It's time to grow. vision for Harvest Youth. Let's say it together. Say, led by God, influencing the world. Let's say it again. Led by God, influencing the world. Okay, so we also have a scripture that's a part of, Josh, we also have a scripture that is a part of the vision and what we, kind of what we stand on. Um, in the youth ministry, and it's 1 Timothy 4.12. Does anybody happen to know what 1 Timothy 4.12 says? Anybody in the room? Oh, my gosh, we have a volunteer. We have two volunteers. You're closer to me, so I'm going to choose you. What does it say? Don't let anyone think. Oh, it's up there. (laughs) That was good, Rachel. You were doing your job. Thank you. But I was trying to see if anybody knew it before she put it up there, but that was nice. I love how, like, only two people still raise their hands even though it was on the screen. That was hilarious. Okay, well, I'm just going to go ahead and read it. Or actually, you can still read it, Lauren. Go ahead. Oh, well, she's going to put it up again, and you can read it. All right, there we go. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Good. All right. So don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. So we, just because we're young, I'm including myself in that, obviously. No, um, just because you're young, and some people even would, would say that, you know, someone who's maybe older than me, I'm pretty old, but there are people older than me, and they might say, you don't know nothing. You're, you're just young. You're a youngin. And I'm like, thank you, I am. But I do know a little bit. Um, but just because whenever you feel like you're too young, whenever you feel like maybe you don't know as much as somebody else, you can still be an example by the way that you live and by what you believe. You are not influential just because you're led by God. You know, our vision is led by God, influencing the world. You're not influential just because you're led by God. The way you live and the way you conduct yourself, whether you're led by God or not, is still influencing people. Amen? Because you're led by something, so you're, and you're influencing someone. But being led by God, when we are led by God, We can influence people to actually allow them to be led by God. When we are led by God, we influence people to be led by God. Whenever we're led by something else, then we're influencing them to be led by that thing. So we have to ask ourselves, which we did a whole series on it last month, but you you can't say it too much because there's a lot of people who have been in church for a long time who are still not led by God. So we really want you guys to get this. Whenever you are led, 
whatever you are led by, you're leading someone else in that same direction. And so we have to know that we are influencing people. And remember, influence means that we are affecting or changing the way people act, the way people behave by what we're doing. And the more influence you have, the more control you have over what people believe and how they behave. So some of us in here have more influence over other people than, some of us in here have more influence than others, depending on our age, depending on who we are, you know, if we're on a sports team, you know, how many people we come into contact with, all those different things. But I wanted to start off with that because that's our foundation. That is this last month and this month, that's what we're emphasizing. We're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about being led by God and influencing the world. But I just want you to know that you are influencing someone whether you're being led by God or not. So last week we talked about David. And we talked about his life, and we're just going to do a brief overview, in case you weren't here, just to remind you, of David. So David was a shepherd boy. He played the harp. He ended up being a great warrior. And he was chosen by God and anointed to be king. And he ended up being a very successful king. He was the most talked about person in the Old Testament and the second most talked about person in the New Testament, and he was the only person who was ever called a man after God's own heart. What an honor. What an honor that is for him to be the only person that was ever called that in the whole Bible out of hundreds of people in the Bible that we, we heard, we've heard stories about. And so don't you think that there are some things that we can learn from David? What do you think? Yes? No? Yeah, I think so. And so we talked about how God chose him over everyone else and anointed him king when he was only a teenager. And the reason why God chose him is because he was a man after his own heart. All right? And so he's a shepherd. He gets anointed to be king. But he doesn't become king right away. He goes back, and he's watching over the sheep. And then... Eventually, he ends up serving Saul, who is the current king. And then, what happens eventually? What does he do? The bit, one of the first really big things that he does. He killed the giant. And that got a lot of attention. So, you would think, like, oh, he killed the giant. So, he must have been, you know, then he must have just started being king. Or something really amazing happened in his life and everything changed. Well, things changed, but his life definitely wasn't easy after that, and he did not become king for many years after that. And so we're going to talk about what happened after he killed Goliath. So eventually, um, let's kind of go, because we already talked about how Saul wanted to kill him for many, many years, and basically Saul spent his life trying to kill David because he was jealous of David. So eventually we know that David becomes king, so that means that Saul eventually had to die. So eventually Saul died in battle. David becomes the king of the tribe of Judah, and then he becomes king of all of Israel. All right, and he actually ended up uniting 
a lot of people groups who have been divided for a really long time, something that he, that like nobody else was able to do, including the Philistines. So Goliath, the, the army that Goliath was with, he actually ended up, David actually ended up ruling over that people group, over the Philistines in his kingdom whenever he became king. So he was very successful as a king. But we're going to go tonight just to like the very next part of the story after he slayed Goliath. And this part that I'm going to highlight tonight is called Unlikely Friends and Relentless Enemies. Unlikely Friends and Relentless Enemies. So David kills Goliath and the king, Saul, didn't really know David, even though David was playing the harp for him um, for a while. Um, but Saul took notice of David, and he basically said, Okay, David, that was pretty awesome. Who are you? Who's your daddy? That's literally what he said. He said, Who's, who's your dad? I want to know who, where you came from. And then he said, All right. David, I want you to come work for me full time, so that means that you can't go back to your daddy's house. Okay? And so immediately what happened is that Saul decided that he was going to um, try to have some control over David because he was impressed by him. He took notice and realized there was something special about him, so he, he said, I'm, I want to I wanna keep an eye on this one. And he wanted to control him. And so he said, you have to stay with me from now on. So 1 Samuel 18, verse 1. Basically, right before this is when Saul said, you have to come and work for me. And you belong to me, basically. And so after David finished talking to Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. And there was an immediate bond between them, and Jonathan loved David. So they immediately became friends. Have you guys ever met somebody and immediately clicked with them and just knew that you wanted to be friends with them right away? Anybody? Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's what happened here. It's like instant besties. You know, you just know that you like this person. You get along with them. They seem cool. And there's just an instant bond. And that's what happened between David and Jonathan, the king's son. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. So let's keep going. We're going to go down to verse 5. It says, whatever Saul asked David to do, David did it successfully. So he was very submissive to Saul. He served him well. So Saul made him the commander over all of the men of war. An appointment that was welcomed by the people and Saul's officers alike. When the, victory, when the victorious Israelite army was returning home, after David had killed the Philistine, women from all around the towns of Israel came out to meet King Saul. They sang and danced for joy with tambourines and cymbals. Do you guys know what a tambourine is? Yeah. So they were dancing, they were, they were hitting their cymbals, and they were just... Those ladies were excited. They, they really liked David, okay? And they began to sing a song with Saul. <laughs> yes, they know, they know. So, and Saul was there, and he heard this song, and this song went a little something like this. I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to see what it might have sounded like. Okay, it was like, 
Saul has killed thousands, and David killed ten thousands. I've never done that before in my life. I don't know what that was. But I just want, I wish I had, I should have had a tambourine. I should have had one. Oh, my gosh. Do we have one in the church anywhere? Yeah, thanks, guys. Um, so, Dave, it was Saul killed a thousand and David killed ten thousand. Oh, Saul didn't like that. So, it says that this made Saul very angry. What is this? He said. They take credit. No. They credit David with 10,000 and me with only 1,000. Next, they'll be making him their king. So he was threatened by him. And it says, so from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. And the very next day, a tormenting spirit from God overwhelmed Saul, and he began to rave. He was raving, not in like a fun way, though. He was raving in his house like a madman. David was playing the harp. As he did every day. But Saul had a spear. So David's over here and he's just like, Hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And then Saul comes over with this big old spear. And Saul is just like, whoosh. And he shoots it at David and tries to kill him while David is worshiping the Lord. Okay? He had a spear in his hand, and he suddenly hurled it at David, intending to pin him to the wall. But David escaped him, not once, but twice. So Saul was afraid of David. The Lord was with David and had turned away from Saul. Finally, Saul sent him away and appointed him commander over a thousand men. And David faithfully led his troops into battle. David continued to succeed in everything he did. For the Lord was with him. When Saul recognized this, he became even more afraid. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he was so successful at leading his troops into battle. <clears throat> all right, so let's start with Jonathan, okay? We talked about it at the beginning. Jonathan was... Saul's son, okay? So I don't know if you guys realize this, but whenever you are the son of a king, when your dad dies, what happens to you? You become king, okay? But there was whisper, there was talk. People knew that David was, like, supposed to be the next king, that God was with him, that he was anointed king. So it's interesting that Jonathan immediately met David and became his friend because he, he knew that David might be taking something that really could have belonged to him. And not only did they become friends, but Jonathan eventually, after some time of being in denial and not really wanting to believe it, um, he, really, he realized that his dad was trying to kill David, and Jonathan continued to help him for years to help him keep, stay alive and remained a loyal friend. And Jonathan was in line to be the next king, so he could have viewed David as a threat. They were pretty unlikely friends. And whenever you get into a place of influence, whenever you are walking in what you're supposed to do, walking with God, walking, um, you know, obeying God, 
you're going to be put into positions where you're going to have haters like Saul, but it will also come with God-ordained relationships. Have you guys ever heard of that before? God-ordained relationships. It means people that are supposed to be in your life. You know, not everybody is supposed to be in your life. Even those who you think that you click with really quick, people that you really get along with, you may laugh a lot, you may, you know, I'm not trying to break up friendships tonight or anything, but I'm just saying that not everybody is supposed to be your bestie, okay? Because not everybody is on the same track that you're on. Last year at the same exact time, and I actually did not intend to talk about friendship or relationship until last week when I was up here. I just said it. But last year at this exact time, I didn't intend to talk about this either. And I felt led to talk about friendship and relationship. Because whenever you talk about influence, you have to talk about relationship. Because who you hang out with, who you spend time with, who you allow yourself to be around is going to impact you, whether you know it or not, and you are going to impact them. It's just the way it goes. Whenever you spend time with people, you're connected to them, and you guys are going to rub off on each other. You guys are going to influence each other, and so it's important that you know that if you are going down the wrong road, if you're not being led by God and you're being led by something else, that you're going to end up with the wrong people. That's just what's going to happen. It happens all the time, every day, and it's going to keep happening. But if you allow yourself to stay on the right track, even when it seems like you may not have any friends, even when it seems lonely and it seems like you're the only one, and I've had people... In this youth group, talk about how it feels like I'm the only one who is actually cares about, you know, God or that I, you know, try to obey God or please God or doing the right thing. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter who else is doing it. If you know what's right, then you know that that's what you should be doing. Did my microphone die? Can you still hear me? Okay. Um, so I just want you to pay attention to whenever you become, whenever you start a friendship or the friendships that you're in, pay attention to what direction that person's going. Pay attention to the things that they are trying to get you to do. Maybe even changes that start to happen within you, attitude changes. Maybe your parents notice that something is changing in the way that you're acting. Pay attention to that because it's important. Even now at your age, it's very important who you allow yourself to be in relationship with. But David was doing what he was supposed to do. He was in the right place. He was a man after God's own heart. He was, he was bold. And he ended up making this connection with somebody who was very unlikely. And that kind of thing can happen to you too. Where you, didn't, you may not think that you're going to have any friends. You might feel lonely. Or you might feel like there's somebody that I would never want to be their friend. Or they would never want to be my friend. It could happen many different ways. But whenever you're listening to God, whenever you're in the right place, doing the right thing, God brings the right people into your life. Sometimes it might take a long time. 
Sometimes it might be different than you think it's going to be, but it'll happen. And it's worth waiting for. The same way it's worth waiting to marry the right person, even if you have to end up waiting longer than you want to, it's worth it to wait for the right relationships. So with influence, you'll have the haters, but you'll also have the right friendships and the right relationships. So on the other side of that, have you ever had someone who just really didn't like you at all? Like, you didn't even really know why. It's like, I don't, they just don't like me. Why don't you like me? Do I have any people pleasers in the room where it's like, you want everyone to like you, and you have a really hard time with that if they don't? Yeah. That happens. So David was just playing that harp out of nowhere, and Saul throws a spear and tries to kill him. That happened twice that day, and there was also another time later where that happened where he was just praising the Lord, and David tried to kill him again with the spear. He was just doing what he was doing, like doing his thing, you know, not trying to mess with anybody, not trying to threaten anybody. But something that I want you to pay attention to with this is that Saul threw the spears. You know, hopefully, I would venture to say no one has ever thrown a spear at you. But people have, might have thrown insults at you. They might have a- thrown accusations, rumors, um, name-calling, all these different things. Those can feel like spears, right? They can feel like people just putting you down. It can, it can hurt. But I want you to notice something that it says here is that when, Paul, when Saul threw the spear and David escaped and he was fine... And notice that it doesn't say David tried to throw the spear back at him. Okay. He just, Saul tried to kill him. And remember, later on, David has opportunities to kill Saul, and he chooses not to because he knows it's not right. So it says that Saul realized that God was protecting David, that God was with David. And so as hard as it may be sometimes to want to conform and become like those who are mistreating you or insulting you or being mean to you or don't like you for any reason or you just feel like they're an enemy. As hard as it is to not want to be exactly like them and give it back to them, whenever you decide that you're just going to let it happen and you're confident in who you are in Christ, and you're okay knowing that just because they think something about you or they don't like you, does it actually change who you are? You know what's going to happen is that they'll, even if they don't even know what it means, they're going to know something's different about that person. And I don't mean they're going to say, oh, they're, they're a loser. They're so weak. They're so weird. No, they're going to know somewhere inside of them that that person doesn't feel the need to, like, come back at me. You know what I mean? I mean, there's times when you need to defend yourself and you need to stand up for yourself, but you guys get what I'm saying. Like, you can have the confidence to know that you don't have to sink to somebody else's level. Amen? You don't have to sink to the hater's level. You can be confident in who you are and stand strong in who God says you are and who he's called you to be and know that you don't have to go low. You can just stay, take the high ground. Amen? Are you guys getting this? 
And people will know as you're led by God, as you're obeying him, as, and as you're doing this, you will be influential, you will impact people, you will be successful. Just like it says that David was successful in every single thing that he did. I mean, there's, I'm not going to cover his whole story because it's very long, but there's a lot of things that he did wrong in his life. There were sins, there was downfalls, there was failures. But the things that God led him to do, he did it with the Lord, and he was successful. And people don't like that. People don't like to be around people who always are, like, being blessed or people who are really confident or, you know what I mean? Like, that's whenever you're, it's like you're kind of, you kind of become a target for people because of jealousy. And that's exactly what happened with Saul is that because he knew God was with David, because he knew that David was successful, he was jealous of him. And you know who that really sounds like? You know who else we're a target for as Christians who are living out our life that like we're supposed to? We're a target of the devil. We're a target of that enemy, our main enemy. When you follow God and live a life of faith, you are a target to the enemy, and you'll be a target to some people too. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. So he's seeking someone. He's looking for the biggest target. He's looking for someone like a, like a David who isn't afraid of him, who isn't afraid of what people think about him, who isn't afraid to just do what God wants him to do. And so that does make him a target, and that will make you a target. But it says in Ephesians 6:12, "For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but we're but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places." And so even though you might have earthly enemies, you might have people that are against you, people who are coming at you, people who are jealous of you, whatever whatever it may be, just know that at the end of the day, they're not really your biggest problem. Sometimes the enemy works through people. Evil spirits work through people, but people are not your problem. It's really the devil. It's really the enemy. Know who your enemy is. It's not people. God loves people, and so should you, no matter what they do. Amen? In James 4, 7, it says, So humble yourself before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Have you guys ever heard that before? Do you guys know how to resist the devil? One of the biggest ways that you can resist the devil is to read the word, to know what the word of God says, to know what God says you have in him and who you are in him, because if you know the truth, then you won't believe the enemy's lies. And so he won't be able to trick you into doing things or lead you into some kind of darkness because you know, no, I don't need to do that. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know the Holy Spirit, getting, being filled with the Holy Spirit, having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. 
which Fabian talked about last month. The Holy Spirit will help you. He'll lead you. He'll speak to you. He'll help you to know what's right from wrong, what's real from what's not real. You don't have to just let the enemy take a hold of your mind and make you think whatever he wants you to think. You can resist that, and he has to go. So throughout this year, we've set you on a foundation. We've set you up here to where you can live out this year being what? What's our vision? We're going to be led by God. And as we're led by God, we're going to do what? We're going to influence the world. Yes. Of course, our, the vision for Harvest Church is love God, love people, live with purpose. That is right, Bruce. Yes, you need, you need them both. That is very good. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I'm going to read this scripture again. 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and in your purity. So keep that in your mind. Actually, what we can do is we can give you a card next week that has that scripture on it so that you can put it up. I think we've done that before, but you, I don't know if you still have it. We'll give that to you so that you can be reminded that just because you're young, just because you feel like you may not know a lot, that you can be an example in what you say, the way you live, and the way you love, in your faith, and in your purity, and God will lead you into places as you do that that you never thought that you could go, just like he did with David. He'll lead you right into your purpose, right into your calling. And as the, the haters keep hating, you're just going to keep celebrating. Amen? And it won't just be you. As you do this, it won't just be you who is influencing people, but it will be the God in you. Galatians 2.20. You guys can stand up. We're going to close tonight with this. <clears throat> in Galatians 2.20, it says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body, by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay, so it's saying that if you, if you follow Jesus, if you've accepted Jesus, you were actually crucified with him on that cross, and you were raised up together with him. So it's not you who lives, but it's Christ who lives in you. And so as you allow yourself to be influenced by God, that's what that's what being led by God is, too. It's you're being influenced by him. You're being led by him. You're allowing what he is to be in you, and you're living that out. And, what, and as you live that out, you're giving that to people. You're giving things to people. You're affecting people all the time, depending on what's on the inside of you. And so as you begin to allow yourself to be led by God and grow stronger in your relationship with him and read his word and stand firm on his word, it's not you 
It's God in you. It's by his spirit that you are being able to affect the people around you. Amen. All right. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads tonight. I just thank you, Father, for this word. I thank you, Lord, um, that we just have a zeal and an excitement for being able to know you more, Father, to just be able to be in tune with your voice.